Lord, we thank you uh, once again that we can uh, spend this time uh, looking at your word to us. That's a difficult passage to read. Uh, we pray that you'll help us to see uh, what you're saying to us this morning and to respond rightly for your praise uh, and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, arrived uh, with most of the sailors uh, dead from this plague. There were a few uh, still alive, but in uh, real difficulties. And, and so they thought, let's cut this off quickly. Uh, and they sent the ships away, but it was uh, too late. Over the next five years, the Black Death would kill more than 20 million people uh, in Europe, almost one-third of the continent's uh, population. It spread so quickly, causing such uh, death and destruction. Last week, uh, we saw Adam and Eve uh, in chapter 3 uh, disobeying God. They ate the fruit, their eyes were opened, uh, they had rebelled against the Lord their God, and they were banished. God was now affected and tarnished by sin. Sin had changed everything. But Genesis 3 was only the beginning. Uh, sin and its consequences spread, just like uh, the Black Death spread, uh, quickly causing death and destruction. So too uh, does sin as it spreads and causes death and destruction. And so this morning as we have this uh, terrible account uh, of the first murder uh, in the Bible, we see the spread uh, of sin and its consequences. It's this tragic uh, event involving uh, Cain and Abel. Adam made love to his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth uh, to his brother Abel. Uh, we have uh, these two brothers, Cain, uh, which means acquire, to get. His, that, that's the meaning uh, of his name. And uh, we see how uh, Eve sees uh, the Lord's hand in bringing forth this life. The Lord is uh, the life giver. And, and maybe there's a sense of um, expectation uh, with Eve as she uh, bears this child. Uh, thinking back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, uh, and the promise of a seed that would come as the serpent crusher, uh, maybe there's expectation that this child would be the one uh, who would come uh, and bring restoration. But any hopes that this child Cain being born would be the one that the Lord promised in Genesis chapter 3 uh, are soon smashed to pieces. Cain would break his mother's heart. And she gave, gives birth to uh, Abel, Cain's brother. Abel, uh, his name means vapor or breath. Uh, and that name speaks of what would happen uh, to him. But throughout this uh, passage, chapter 4 of Genesis, Cain uh, is the focus of uh, this passage we never hear Abel speak. 
But what we do see is the spread of sin. We see its effects on people and their relationships. And we're given the jobs that they had. Cain was a farmer. He worked the ground. And Abel was a shepherd. And we have this setting of worship as both Cain and Abel bring an offering to the Lord. Offering is to bring a tribute, a gift, the gift of an inferior to a superior, the gift of the creation to their creator. And each brings an offering, a gift, in line with their vocation. Cain brings something, the fruit of the ground, and Abel brings from his flock. They both brought gifts uh, to the Lord, uh, but we see immediately a contrast uh, between the two. Cain brought some fruit uh, of the soil, where we read of Abel, he brings uh, the firstborn and fat portions of his uh, flock. It, It seems to be pointed out that Abel's offering was the best of what he had to bring. And so we begin to see uh, this contrast between the two of them. Uh, And maybe there's something deeper going on uh, with these gifts and offerings uh, that are brought. Maybe there's something uh, going on with their attitudes towards the Lord as they bring uh, these offerings. We read, uh, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry and his face Uh, was downcast. You see, the Lord seems to look beyond the offering that was given. Uh, And we know that is true as we read the rest of the scriptures. When we uh, read uh, in Samuel, uh, the Lord looks at the heart. Uh, And so it seems to be that the Lord looks beyond the offering that is given uh, to the heart and the attitude in which uh, it is given. The worshipper and the offering are inseparable. So they both bring these offerings, yet only one is acceptable uh, to the Lord. Uh, And it seems to be, as we uh, continue through this uh, passage, this chapter 4, that it is the heart that is the issue. And Cain's heart will be revealed uh, in a moment. withholding the best and that's the impression that we get that Cain withheld the best of his crop kept it for himself Uh, it begins to show us the heart to the Lord uh, that Cain had Hebrews 11 uh, verse 4 by faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did by faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Martin Luther in his commentary wrote, the faith of the individual was the weight which added value to Abel's offering. And so as we read that in Hebrews, we get the sense that it is the heart and it is the faith that pours out the offering. And that seems to be lacking with Cain's offering. On the surface of it, we look at it and they both brought offerings. And to us, they both seem acceptable. They've both done 
uh, right in making an offering. But unlike us, the Lord doesn't just see the offering. He sees the heart and the condition of the heart of the worshiper as that offering is given. He sees the motives of the heart. And so, as Cain gives this offering, uh, we see what his heart is. Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Uh, He was very angry. He burned with anger that his offering uh, was not acceptable uh, to the Lord. And so the Lord asks, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And so it seems that the Lord is offering uh, Cain an opportunity uh, to respond rightly, to recognize his sin and to repent. Because we have this picture of sin crouching at the door like a lion ready to pounce ready to take its opportunity. Sin uh, desires to control him. And we saw last week, didn't we, that this word desire uh, here is negative. Sin desires to overcome uh, Cain. And the challenge for Cain is will he rule over that desire? And his face is downcast. But if he does what is right, he will be lifted up. In another translation, uh, the NASB, it says, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And so Cain is downcast before the Lord uh, because this offering has been uh, rejected. But if he does what is right, he will be lifted up, his face Uh, will be lifted up uh, before the Lord. He will be of good conscience before the Lord without uh, shame. What will Cain do in response uh, to the Lord? Well, sin wins the battle. Cain fails uh, to rule over sin in his heart and in his life. And so he says to his brother, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. We see this uh, this virus uh, of sin uh, infecting Adam and Eve's children. They don't have to wait uh, until they die to see the effects of their rebellion against God. They see it uh, in their children as Cain murders his brother. And so we're seeing uh, sin spreading and growing. We're seeing the destruction and death uh, that sin brings. It's interesting as we uh, think back to chapter 3 and look at what's happening in uh, chapter 4. In 3 we saw that Eve uh, had to be talked into eating the fruit of the tree by the serpent. Uh, Here... Uh, Cain needs no persuasion to sin. Even the Lord speaks to him. And that's not enough to convince him not to go and do uh, what he did. 
he's upset that the offering that he made to the Lord uh, is not accepted. Yet he goes and acts uh, and does the thing that, that won't secure uh, God's favor and acceptance. He murders uh, his brother. And so we see uh, a sinful heart and a sinful mind makes foolish uh, and silly choices. When Adam and Eve eat the fruit, you'll remember, uh, they hid from the Lord. Today, uh, as Cain murders his brother and the Lord asks him, where is your brother Abel? Uh, he's not hiding. He's not, it doesn't seem to be any shame in what he's done. It, instead, um, there's a sense of sarcasm in how he responds to the Lord's question. Am I my brother's keeper? Uh, literally, am I my brother's shepherd? He knows exactly what has happened, and yet uh, he's sarcastic with the Lord, uh, and he lies. He lies to the one who gave him life. Then the Lord asks, uh, already knowing uh, what's happened, what have you done? Again, it echoes the question uh, that Adam and Eve were given in chapter 3. And the Lord then uh, presents this testimony that condemns uh, Cain and his actions. Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the land which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crop for you. You'll be a restless wanderer on uh, the earth. And so uh, this land that he was to work, that was to bear fruit, um, is now a, a land uh, that is uh, bloodstained. It will no longer give uh, the produce that it once uh, did. And Cain will be a wanderer. Uh, and he will be further removed uh, from the blessing of the Lord. And we saw last week the judgment uh, of the Lord uh, to the serpent, to Adam and Eve. Uh, and there was no response. There was no word of complaint. Whereas Cain, on the other hand, stands up to God. Uh, he grumbles, it's not fair. And so we see this escalation uh, and spread of sin. We see its destructive uh, powers. Things go from uh, terrible um, to terrible or more terrible something you, you know what I mean so we see that spread of uh, sin we've not read it but if you carried on reading chapter 4 uh, you'd see the amazing things that Cain's family did they built cities from scratch they, they uh, invented music <coughs> excuse me, and instruments. Uh, they made tools of bronze uh, and iron. Just think about what that involved. The creativity of it all. But the spread of sin continues with its uh, destructive uh, ways. Just listen to uh, these verses, uh, verse 23. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, 
hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. What Cain did in murdering his brother was uh, horrific. Yet that was done in secret. Uh, what about the sin that he does? He, he sings about it. It seems to me that the shame of sin uh, is gone. He is shameless uh, in what he has done. And we continue to see the effects of sin as it spreads the death and destruction it brings. When you've got five minutes, read chapter five uh, of Genesis and notice the repeated uh, phrases. Uh, when he had lived so many years and at the end, uh, then he died. When he had lived, then he died. Apart from there's one uh, exception, and I wonder if you could uh, work that out, and I'll ask you next week uh, the exception to that. But we see the spread of sin. It brings death and destruction. And so we're uh, left to see uh, the seriousness of sin. Sin is serious. Uh, there's a clear warning in Genesis 4 of the power of sin. The way that sin takes hold of Cain and his family. And if sin is unchecked, it will grow. Just like a snowball made in the hand, rolled the hill will get bigger as it goes, rolling uncontrollably down the hill. That is what sin will do. And Cain fails to deal with sin. He fails to rule uh, that desire to sin. There was a way back. Uh, it begins with recognizing sin uh, and a desire to do something about it. Uh, but Cain gave in. And Cain is not by himself. We have all sinned. We've all given in. Uh, to sin. And in some sense, uh, we enjoy sin. We even cherish our sinful ways. We deny uh, even that a sin is sin. Uh, there's a scene in The Matrix, and I apologize if this goes over your heads, um, but it's a movie uh, about um, being freed from this system called The Matrix, where people uh, go about their daily lives and there's this group who have escaped the matrix and one of those who has escaped uh, has had enough and he wants to go back into the matrix and he's and as he's making this deal to betray uh, those that group who have left and he's sitting with the enemy uh, making this deal he uh, he says eating a steak i know that this steak doesn't exist i know that when i put it in my mouth the matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious after nine years, uh, you know what I realize? Ignorance is bliss. And that's what we tend to do uh, with sin. We ignore its seriousness. Uh, ignorance is bliss. And as God said to Cain, he says the same to us. Uh, we must uh, recognize sin and we must have a desire uh, to rule sin. We must have a desire to deal with it, to uh, master the sin 
in our lives rather than letting the sin in our lives master us. And so we must be hard at work at recognizing sin in our lives uh, and ruling over it. But we know we still fall into sin. And as we've already prayed this morning, and as we've heard those words from 1 John, when we do sin, uh, we have an advocate with the Father, uh, Jesus, the one who died uh, for us. We know that it is a constant battle in our lives. Uh, we know that we're a new creation in Jesus. We know that our sin is forgiven, yet we still battle sin in our lives because we still live uh, in our sinful bodies in a sinful world. And so we must work hard at recognizing sin in our lives uh, and uprooting it uh, with the power and help uh, of God's Holy Spirit. But we also see the Lord's graciousness uh, in this chapter, as we have seen uh, in the first few chapters of Genesis. Uh, as sin spreads, it seems to be that God's grace uh, grows along with it. We see his grace become uh, even more patient and even more wonderful. We saw it last week as Adam and Eve were given uh, clothes. The Lord said to him, not so, anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. Uh, we see uh, God's grace and mercy as he puts his mark of protection uh, on Cain. And we see the Lord's graciousness uh, right at the end of that chapter. Uh, in verse 25, Adam made love to his wife again and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel, since Cain killed him. There's a connection that the writer of Genesis wants us to make uh, with this uh, birth of Seth in verse 25. Uh, in that promise in Genesis 3, uh, 15, the offspring that would come uh, is uh, the word seed. And you'll notice that in verse 1 of chapter 4, that word isn't used. The word man is used uh, for Cain. But here, uh, for Seth, uh, the word uh, seed is used. And so the writer wants us to make that connection uh, that that promise uh, has not been forgotten. That promise will uh, be fulfilled. He reminds us of his grace and his mercy and his promise uh, that there will be one uh, through this line, uh, through Seth and his family line, uh, that will come as the serpent crusher. And the chapter ends, at that time people began to call on the name of the Lord. Where sin increased, so too uh, did the Lord's grace. So we read in Romans 5, uh, 20, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's at the cross where we ultimately see uh, God's grace and mercy. We see his graciousness and his patience uh, as Jesus gave his life for us uh, on the cross.
it earlier in Romans 5, that you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What a great God that we have. What a great God we worship. That he doesn't leave his creation to deal with the problem of sin himself. Uh, and again, in this chapter, in chapter 4, he shows us uh, who he is, what kind of God uh, he is. And as Exodus uh, 34 says, uh, as the Lord came down in, in the cloud uh, before Moses uh, and passed in front of him, uh, we read, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. That is our God. That is the one uh, that we worship. He is the one where ultimately at the cross uh, we see uh, who he is, that he is our great and glorious God. He is the one who is gracious uh, and kind. He's slow uh, to anger, abounding in love. He gave his life for us so that we might be free from the power and bondage of sin and death. What a great and awesome God 